Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jalenta. Yes, Kristen. It's been one week since we lived by the new plant parent, and you know what that means. It means it's time for another By the Book mini episode. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by the new plant parent, Develop Your Green Thumb, and Care for Your House Plant Family by Daryl Chang. Uh, But before we get to that, Kristen, we have to announce the winner of our hashtag how to be fine photo contest. Yay! Uh, if you remember a while back, we asked you to post photos of yourselves on Twitter and on Instagram reading our book, How to Be Fine, in a place that made you feel uh, fine using the hashtag how to be fine. Uh, so we randomly selected one person who posted a photo. And they are going to win a dog-eared, notated copy of one of the books that we have lived by here on By the Book. And our winner is... Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Red Hat Nat. Congratulations, Woo-hoo! Natalie. Red Hat Nat. 
we love your name by the way nice we'll handle DM you i know isn't that so cute nat so probably cute. has a red hat for sure <laughs> natalie we'll hit you up on instagram we'll dm you we'll get your info and uh you will get one of our really mangled books <laughs> congratulations to red hat nap but also thanks to everyone else yeah. who posted we loved your photos so much we loved them all we loved the dog photos we loved the photos of you sitting in hammocks we loved the photos of you reading in the park we loved your easy chairs your beds we loved the photos of you there was you even a fire escape and uh, yes. keep an eye out on our Instagram today. We will repost the winning photo and share some of the other entrants because their photos are freaking adorbs. They're so, so great. And hey, if you haven't already gotten a copy of the book, get one. It really will make you feel fine. And Jolenta and I put so much love into it. It's a Valentine to all of you who listen to the show and all of you who are just curious about our backstories because there's a lot of that in there too. Yeah, Chuck it. Out. But Kristen, let's get back to our epilogue, shall we? It's it's time to talk more about new plant parenting. Yes, yes. We got a ton of mail about this week's book. I mean, just crazy, crazy avalanche of responses. Loads of you posted photos of your own houseplant babies on our Facebook page. If you're Mm -hmm. not already a member of the Facebook community, be sure to join at facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod to see everyone else's photos and to post your own photos. Uh, All you have to do to join is answer a few little questions. That way we know you're not a robot. Yeah. It's not like, you know, college essay type questions or anything. Literally just like, you're a person, right? (laughs) And what's your social security number? No. Yeah. And the last four of your credit card. Yes. Yes. Just just those. Just those questions. Easy peas. (laughs) All right. Let's, Let's get on to actual responses, shall we? Yes. Let's start off with people who are glad we lived by this book, starting with mm-hmm. Pat. Pat says, I'm so excited that I actually read a book before you two lived by it. I'm a brand new plant parent, and this book gave me a great start. The most valuable thing I learned was that my house is not a nursery and that the reality is that I will not be able to provide a professional level of care. Instead, my plant and I are on a learning journey together as we figure out how to make the most of what I have to offer. Love it. Oh, I love that. That really gets to the heart of what Daryl Chang says in the book mm-hmm. that, you know what? Your plant's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. It's really about your relationship and enjoying what you have together. Yeah, it's hard, but house is not a nursery, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, we also heard from Dana, who said, I have been wanting to get some plants to liven up my home office in recent months. Uh, I think we all have. Um, <laughs> I feel I finally have the time to care for them, but my one prior attempt to keep a plant alive back in college failed, so I felt unsure of myself. This book sounds like the exact thing I need, with its tone of encouragement and love, rather than emphasis on perfection. I can hardly wait to read it. Yay, Dana. And Dana, can I say, please know that just as we grow, like, you're always going to be better at keeping a plant alive now than when you were in college. (laughs) 
Like <laughs> you're going to be better at everything after college. Yeah, you're going to be, be better real. at breathing now than you were in college. Like, better I at moderating it. your alcohol intake. Yeah. I got a plant in college my freshman year. My roommate and I like barely kept it alive. And then when we went home for Christmas break, we decided we'd like stealthily plant it on campus somewhere. And like two <laughs> minutes later, we walk by and a maintenance like groundskeeper person is like throwing our little plant in the trash and it dug it up. Like Ooh. college plants, like RIP everyone's college plants. Yes, yes. It's not just you, Dana. It's most college plants. Yeah. Um, let's get on to people we heard from who were not so sure about this book. People who don't Ooh, yeah, think there were it's a couple the of answer you. for them. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Angie says, after listening to this episode, I still have zero idea of what a foot candle is or how many foot candles each of my plants need. Is this because I live in the 99% of the world that uses the infinitely more reasonable metric system? Is it because I don't know what a lux or a lumen is? Who can say? But it all sounded very confusing to me, and I'll be fine if I never hear Kristen utter the words foot candle again. <laughs> Angie, first of all, I want no to knows. reassure you, this has nothing to do with the metric system versus the system we're on. This is just a language of people who work in lighting design mm-hmm. and in plant nurseries. This is a technical term, and it has nothing to do with Jolent and I using mm-hmm. uh, screwed up terminology. And I'll also say this, Angie, anybody who works on the system of feet and inches like we do, unless they work in those fields, also don't know what a foot candle is. Um, mm-hmm. Jolenta, I still don't know what a foot candle is. I just got the app on my phone that Daryl Chang told me to get. And yeah. then the app told me if I had too many or too few light candles based on the little scale he had in his book. I just imagined a foot light like on a stage and uh, pretended I was in a spotlight. So <laughs> that's what I did. I love that idea. I love that. <laughs> so Angie, maybe when you think of foot candles... Either just A, get the app like I did where your app does all the work for you and you don't have to actually know what it means, or be like Jolenta and just enjoy the fact that you're on the stage. Enjoy that spotlight. Just be delusional and a narcissist. Yay. (laughs) We also heard from Lisa who said, Jolenta mentioned that she put some moss around her succulents, hoping to help with what sounds like a spider mite infestation. Repotting (gasps) is a good move, as is separating the plant from other plants, but generally moss will hold water and succulents do not like to stay wet. Being wet makes them stressed, and stressed plants are more vulnerable to pests. Did the book recommend this? I think she would have had better luck with a few applications of neem oil or insecticidal soap. Well, Lisa, no. The book didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame the book. It's not the book's fault. Lisa, it's okay because the moss left like two days after I replanted because I was like, I think – this moss is doing nothing for nobody. Um, I'm realizing the moss was there because it was sent to me. These succulents were sent to me by my mother, and it, the moss was probably to help keep them moist in transit, and then I kept it on forever. Uh, ah. But the moss is gone. It went in our compost. It was also really dry. It looked like tinder. I don't know. So mm. anyway, moss is gone, and the book didn't recommend it, so don't blame the book for my <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. Also, moss is really pretty. Mm-hmm. I think moss mm-hmm. is just 
you know, if somebody sent me a plant and it had moss on it, I'd have a hard time partying with it too. Yeah, moss I is I love beautiful. those little Japanese moss balls that float in water. I'm all about moss. Oh, nice. Well, that that's the organ in you, right? Mm-hmm. I like a moss. I like a fern. I like a house plant like many of you all. Uh, we heard from so many listeners who wrote in to tell us about how houseplants make their lives just freaking better. Yes. Maddie, for example, says, I've already had a couple of plants in my house, but when quarantine started, I got really into plants. It's been so grounding to have something to care for every week and be able to see their growth as time goes on. I also found a lovely houseplant community in my city, which has been a great added bonus. House plant community, I want that. But I guess yeah. I feel like anyone outside of New York or Brooklyn would be like, all of Brooklyn's a house plant community. Get over yourselves. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, we got this great letter from Allie who says, when I was going through a divorce, one of my friends suggested that I get some house plants to add some beauty to my house and help my overall mood. She warned me that I might not be able to stop once I started, though. And she was right. As someone who grew up with only fake plants in the house, I had no idea how much real ones would improve my life. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I love a real plant. Yes, me too. I think that's one reason why we give them as housewarming presents and one reason why we give them to people when they're sick. It really does oh, yeah. boost the mood, right? I it feel makes like there are studies home. I've heard of, but I will not quote them because I don't know. <laughs> Angie says, my pitcher plant helps with the fruit flies this time mm. of year. For those who are not familiar with them, pitcher plants are carnivorous plants which have prey-trapping leaves filled with a digestive liquid. Whoa, Angie, that sounds... Wow. Uh, That's like a yeah. Venus flytrap sort of thing, I guess. Uh, they're different. They look sort of like a like a cup. And then mm. the the little flies sort of go in, and then they get stuck in this, like, uh, sugar uh-huh. water. <laughs> it's like if you ever make a like a fruit fly trap out of a out of a beer bottle or something where you leave a little liquid at the bottom and they kind of can't get out of long necked things. And if you look up yes. a pitcher plant, it's sort of this long sort of scoopy thing. Love it. Oh, that's so great. That What a great way to do uh, pest mm-hmm. management. Just yeah, so plan. smart. Andrea says, I'm a Southern California native, accustomed to sunshine and summer weather year-round. Living in the Northwest with our cold winters can be really tough. I found that having a lot of large, leafy, tropical indoor plants keeps the weather from being intolerable. Oh, yeah. I, I got to say, Andrea's pictures of her plants, they really look giant and tropical. Mm-hmm. Those leaves yeah. look like they're they're bigger than like the pillows on my bed. The leaves are so ginormous. Cool. You know, yeah. I'm now thinking, you know, the school I went to my whole life did a lot of things wrong. But they had, because we were in Oregon, there's tons of rain everywhere. So we had to spend a lot of time indoors. And they did have like large, large potted plants that look like Andrea's on Facebook. And it was where like we'd all like hang out in middle school, like sit around this giant plant. It was probably because like we gravitated towards like the good vibes or like the oxygen it put out because like we were yeah. stuck inside. Oh, so it's beautiful. Smart. I mean, th- those plants are beautiful. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like being in Jurassic Park, but in your house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what kid doesn't love that? <laughs> oh, okay. So while you think about being in Jurassic Park, but in your house, we are going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to hear some stories about some specific members of y'all's houseplant families.
At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. are back with listener responses to the new plant parent. And now let's hear about some of your most treasured house plant family members, beginning with Amelia. Amelia says, I have a mint plant named Lazarus. So named because every time I think I've killed him, he comes back to life. I just cut back all the way to the soil and leave him alone for a few weeks and then boom, he comes back. But also, Lazarus might be a murderment because he shared a window box with several other plants over the past few years, and every other plant has died permanently. What? <laughs> Lazarus? Murderment. He's a it's murderment. Okay. I had a mint plant that I named Minty, and he died permanently. And now I wonder if it's because like he hated his name so much. <laughs> Maybe if he had a cool name like Lazarus, he would have come back. <laughs> I got to say, Amelia, mint is known to be pretty invasive. It will, like, go anywhere it possibly can and kind of take over. Um, oh, I didn't know un- that. Unless, it, unless, unless it's Jolenta's minty. But, um, and then, yeah, it, you it's do, fam- then minty <laughs> gives up. Yes. <laughs> but mint is famous for doing that. So it's, it's just in Lazarus's bones. It's in his genes. He's just supposed to do that, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, I want to read you this one from Heidi because uh, there's some invasive plants up in this letter too. Heidi says, we used ivy plants as the table centerpieces and then wedding favors for our guests at our wedding reception. Some of the ivy cuttings were descendants of the original ivy plant that my grandfather bought my grandma in the 1960s. Oh, I love that. 60-year-old plants that were bought in love. That's are so now fucking being cute. Sent out into the world to celebrate love some more. That is such a great thing. If That's you can so precious. have something that meaningful where you can continue and mm-hmm. put the meaning forward to the next person. Love I that. I love it. And like secretly forced meaning on all your wedding guests. <laughs> I love a secretly forced meaning. <laughs> Ginger says, when we first moved to Hawaii and were looking for a house, we looked at a lot of model homes and some of the new developments, and a lot of them had this beautiful plant with dark green leaves that were purple on the bottom, and I made a mental note that the plant was a someday plant. We finally found a house out in the country, not in one of the fancy new developments. Our yard was mostly weeds. One day, I woke up and looked outside, and our neighbor had put a bunch of potted plants in our yard, and one of them was the purple plant. He ended up being the sweetest man, and that plant turned into a big tree in our yard. He passed away 13 years ago, but that tree always reminds me of him. 
That's so sweet. Why is everything so sweet today? Oh my gosh. These stories uh, are all kind of tearjerkers, aren't they? They're I also really beautiful. I really do like that. I don't know. I feel like plants have a very plants for me at least are really it's really easy to remember who gave them to me as opposed to like lots of other things. But like for some reason that always really sticks. And so it's nice to like think of people you love yeah and to be able to or neighbors you love yeah and like the idea that a plant can be around after somebody dies is gone is, is just I, I love the idea that the things don't stop living things don't stop growing and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've told you this before Jolenta but Dean's grandparents or I think it was great-grandparents when they immigrated to New Zealand um, from the old country they had some plants with them. I think they were violets. Mm. And those violets have been passed down in the family from home to home to yard to yard. And now Great Papa's gravesite has some. He died when he was 103. And uh, we wild. planted some there too. So oh they have continued from the old country now for over 100 years. And wow. so, yeah, they, they really can carry on some some love and some memories and some history. So, yeah, so love beautiful. That. Amanda also wrote us about this plant. She says, I have this wacky Christmas cactus that is from my grandma's enormous plant and in one of her pots. I think at this point it's 15 years old. The OG plant survived after she passed, but it died not long after my grandpa passed away five years ago. It felt like a full circle moment. The plant's owners have moved on, but its descendants are still strong and healthy. Oh, oh, so sweet again. Oh. Plus, I love a Christmas cactus. They are very cute. They're so beautiful. I'm scared of them. I'm scared I'll kill mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I need to be maybe two more levels up in my plant parenting to yeah. get to be confident enough to do a Christmas cactus. But they they're, are beautiful. They're tense, but they're cute. <laughs> now, Jolenta, we do have to point out that while a lot of you love sharing stories of your houseplant babies, there are plenty of you out there who just are not houseplant people. For example, Darcy says, My mom is great with indoor plants, but me, I kill anything I try to keep indoors. I'm great with outside plants, though, and went back to school to study urban food production and sustainable agriculture in my mid-30s. Now we live on a small farm, so I garden a lot. But I still can't keep houseplants alive. Um. Darcy, I think keeping plants alive outside is a great feat and harder for me, in fact. But that's just me talking. Uh, I'm impressed regardless. So I'm so impressed. And you can eat your plants. I mm-hmm. mean, I can't. I mean, I, I love you, Pothos. I love you, Philodendron. But I, I can't eat you. I can't yeah. eat you. No. But you can, you can eat what you're growing, Darcy. That's very impressive. Maddie has a completely different reason for why houseplants don't work for her. She says... I gave up on houseplants because my cats refused to leave them alone. I now have fake succulents on my kitchen windowsill. All other plants are on the deck or in the yard, out of reach from my terrors. It's a shame since my screened porch is begging for plants. Oh, Maddie. Mm. Yeah, cats, they're the boss. They're going to do what they want to do. They run your household. That's why I have dogs. (laughs) I run his life. They think you're their employees, you know. Mm, That's mm -hmm, what cats mm -hmm. think of you as. But like, I will this say, this cat toy's fun. Now it's on the ground. <laughs> and it was a plant that you bought, probably, and it's a mess because it pop broke. That's my cat impression. I will impression. say this, though. Some of my friends who have cats, they're really into hanging plants. Hanging oh. hanging plants that are very out of reach for the cats. Yeah, like, still have you can't, to be out of reach, though. 
Yeah, you can't have a hanging plant next to, like, let's say the dinner table where the cat can jump from the dinner table to the hanging plants. But, Mm. you know, just in an area where the cat cannot jump up to the hanging plant. So that's what a lot of my cat friends do. And it allows them to have plants and have their cats. And nobody's going to die that way. All right, let's move on to Judy. Judy Mm -hmm. says, after years of giving me house plants that I could not keep alive, my mom gave me a painted wooden plant sculpture. (laughs) I've managed to keep the sculpture alive for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I don't know if you know the term Jolenta photanicals, but <laughs> some people I know in the floor, florist world used to call them photanicals. Oh, like, like a faux, like faux. Like yes, yeah. Like maybe, maybe you don't need real plants around if they cause you stress, if you kill them, if they make you sad, if they feel like too much of a burden. You can have fake ones. If if they make you happy, why not? For Go sure. for it. For yeah. sure. Or Go like for maybe it. it's time to bring back the pet rock. I don't know. But we're all lonely and not of all and not all of us can keep a plant alive. So Okay, uh, Kristen, we're gonna take one more quick break, but when we come back, we are gonna hear about how many listeners of ours name their houseplants like myself. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. We're back. And now let's talk about names, Jolenta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The name game. Yes. Plant, plant, bobant, banana, fana, fofant. Uh, <laughs> we put up a survey on Twitter. Reminder, we're at By the Book Pod. Please follow us. Uh, we asked, do you name your house plants? We got a whopping 133 responses. And the numbers are in. Kristen, would you like to read the, the final result? Yes. 32.3% of respondents like Jolenta, name your plant babies. That's right. Nearly a third of you name your plant babies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that does bring about the disturbing realization, Kristen. <laughs> that Okay, so not only did 56.4% of respondents say they do not name their plants, uh, because the survey said, the question was, do you name your plant babies? 11.3% of respondents claim to not even know what plant babies are. Oh, come uh, on. So I'm not you sure we can trust these results. Are. And you know you know what a plant baby is. 
You know what a plant baby is, people. Don't pretend you don't know. I don't know. care if you're one of the two-thirds of monsters out there who don't name them. I'm joking. <laughs> Please don't get mad that I called you a monster. I'm sure you have some reason. I totally don't understand for I, not naming speak- your plants. In defense of myself, Jolenta, the one mm-hmm. time I did name a plant, R.I.P. Audrey, mm. she died. Well, Hello? you needed Audrey, too. Uh, to go back to what we were saying earlier, though, I will say I was in college when that happened. Again, what have we learned <laughs> about college plants? Like, they live to die to teach us. That's our next tank top. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Well, thank you to everybody again who wrote in this past week, who shared photos, so many beautiful photos. Continue to share them, please. Truly, on Twitter, get on the Facebook on page. Insta, on it's Facebook, out of everywhere. Yes, it's beautiful. So thank you, everyone. And now, Jolenta, it's mm-hmm. that time. Oh, yeah, it is for sure time. It's the time when we announce next week's book. And yes. our next book is. Five Ingredients, Quick and Easy Food by Jamie Oliver. Uh, What if I would like to use seven ingredients? What if I only want to use four? What if I prefer to make things that are difficult? Because let's be real, that's what my therapist says I make everything. (laughs) Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher. Brandon Nix, our producer. Daisy Rosario, our senior producer. Andy Christens, our editor. Chris Bannon, our chief content officer. Oh, and thank you also to Nate Wida. He composed our theme song. And thanks to the Rizzos, they perform this version of it. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've lived by the new plant parent. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at ByTheBookPod, at Jolenta G, and at Kristen Meinzer. And don't forget, we have a phone number. You can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on many episodes like this. This isn't a good example because we don't have voicemails in this episode, (laughs) but you've heard them and you know how they work. Leave us a voicemail at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people find the show. Rate us five foot candles or five Mm. lumens or or five five ingredients, whatever they are. Yeah. Like next week. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell a florist about the show. Tell a horticulturalist about the show. Tell, tell a lumen. Tell the plants about the show. Until next time, I'm Tlent Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Stitcher. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com.